Welcome to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590. The fan, a reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, Wayne Lou, and I am joined by Sportsnet's Blake Murphy, producer. Blake Murphy. What's going on, Blake? I see you got the uh, I see you got the Peaky Blinders haircut. Is that what's going on? That's bit, a, yeah. I wore a hat in, and then I was very sweaty by the time I got here and took the hat off. There's a no man. I guess looking maybe. like Killian Murphy. Yeah, that's yeah. my uh, my brother. <laughs> that's uh, we're both equally handsome, equally talented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just chose acting, and I chose talking about basketball and baseball. Well, you're, you're very. You look. Listen, I, I would. I would argue you are both very, very successful examples uh, from the the Peaky <laughs> Blinders. Sorry, I've been, I've been binging a lot of Peaky Blinders. Okay. This is what happens when you go on. I trip. haven't watched a newest season, so no spoilers. But I, I think I watched the first. There's six. Okay. There is six seasons. Okay. I think this I've is seen the, the last first season. Five. There's supposed to be a movie at, after all of this. So my only spoiler is that it will still leave some things un, unanswered. Well, but, yeah, uh, and I assume the spoiler there is he doesn't die. Because you're not going to do a Peaky Blinders movie without him. Yeah, or season six without him. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Peaky Blinders. Although, honestly, if there's time at the very end, I will do more of it. But you kind of do have a Peaky Blinder haircut going on right now. Um, anyway, real reason to bring you in. Because um, it's Tuesday and Alex needed a day off. Yeah. You know, Alex has legitimate reasons to be okay. away now. So okay. I'm going to just give him the pass. But is he still on vacation? No, he is oh. back from vacation. But... Uh, yeah, actually, I don't want to put Alex's business out there. He, no, he'll no, he'll no, be I'm back sure. when he's back. I just thought he was on vacation. That's yeah, yeah. Was, no, no, he's back. He's I mean, uh, getting the guy's business. Fair enough. Um, free agency is coming up, and I feel like uh, I wanted to essentially tee up free agency once again. Now, people who obviously listen to the show will know that uh, we have done this a few times already because the offseason is long, and we have been doing daily podcasts. Um, however, um, it's a good reminder to kind of do it again. And to sort of look ahead, especially now that the draft is over, now that we see a little bit more depth at the center position, obviously there was a lot of talk of potentially the Raptors using some of their resources this offseason to, to, to reinforce center. Of course, they could still do that, but I do think they have less of a need to do so with the fact that they drafted Christian Coloco. Uh, for anyone who hasn't read it already, um, you know, your free agency primer has been out for about a month now. Yeah. So, you know, if you haven't read it already or if you just want to go back and read it again, I highly suggest you do so. And and that's the intention with that thing is not to read all 3,000 words and digest all the charts and everything. It's bookmark it, come back to it when you need it. Like, if you look today, you would see – I haven't updated it, but um, under the key decisions tab, for example, um, Savi Mihailuk had until June 22nd to exercise the player option. Which he, he did. He did that. Yeah. Uh, the Raptors had until today to extend qualifying offers. Actually, they had until tomorrow to extend qualifying offers to their three restricted free agents. They did that. Mm. Justin oh. Champagne, David Johnson, and Nando DiColo. Yeah, that's the other main reason I have you on is because this is a this is like... So how did this become a running meme for you? Well, okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, the Raptors have continually issued a qualifying offer to Nando DiColo to maintain his restricted free agent rights. He hasn't played in the NBA since 2014. Yep. But the Raptors haven't been a team. They haven't needed the cap space. So because Nando DiColo didn't make much before, mm -hmm. and because he's just an RFA with two years experience, that cap hold for doing that continues to be about 1.9 million. 
there's never been a time since then that the Raptors had to clear maximum cap, as much cap space as possible. So there's no cost to continuing to do this. Okay. A qualifying offer is an offer. Nando DiColo could sign that, mm-hmm. and then the Raptors got to have him on that deal. At some point, he'll be too old to keep doing this because you won't want 45-year-old Nando DiColo on a $1.9 million deal. Hey, or at some point, the Raptors will be trying to create maximum cap space, and they'll... You know, they still have rights on Lucas Noguera, on, on Jeremy Lin, a few things like that where you'd clear those rights as well. Um, but the Colos restricted free agency is basically if at any point he decides to come back to the NBA, the Raptors will have the right to match any offer sheet. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Colos 35. He's still very good, though. Like he's still one of the best point guards not in the NBA. OK, I don't think he's ever coming back. No, I doubt it. Either. But well, so but... it, it kind of became a meme in that. I mean, first of all, I would write, I would post the update every year. Mm-hmm. And then every year I'd get asked about it. So like every year I wrote about it, like here's what's up with Nando DiColo these days. Um, and then a couple times Bobby Webster like specifically brought it up with me like in a scrum or something like that or in one of those pressers and just kind of became, and he like brought it up on not this show, uh, when we, I think, Fan Morning Show or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the five different programs that you're on on this yeah. lovely station. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's how you pull Nick Nurse, you know? Um, uh, but yeah, anyway, that's just how it's tough. gone. And like, eventually this will stop. He will, the risk of him signing the offer sheet will be too strong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but for now, there's no cost to doing it. Do you think there's any bit of thought in Bobby's mind that when he makes the decision to continue extending the offer, that you pop up in the back of his mind at all? No. You sure? I don't think... You don't think ju- he, like, giggles a little bit to himself and he's like... <laughs> I don't think... Well, he might By order of the Peaky Blinders. Nando DeColo is still a restricted free agent by order of the Peaky Blinders. That was, like, 20 minutes ago we were talking about <laughs> Peaky Blinders. Um, oh, sorry, man. No, I just wasn't I, expecting this haircut, but it looks I, good. I man. think... Uh, I think Bobby probably chuckles a little bit and, like, mm-hmm. the league office is like, Bobby, this used to be your job. To handle all this stuff. You know that this is annoying for the person who is in your job now. So he probably chuckles for that. I don't think the general manager of the Toronto Raptors is headed into free agency thinking about Blake Murphy, though. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, look, listen. Um, before we actually get into other more pressing uh, free agency news, I, I did want to offer you a, a at least a platform to talk about Christian Coloco because obviously you did such great coverage leading up to the draft. Um, and, you know, Christian's name was mentioned. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like, implausible. That yeah, Matt Cunningham from Raptors Republic was really big on him, and right. we did two or three minutes on him. Uh, I think he came up briefly with Sam Vecini. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where, you know, the 33rd pick can't really have guests on and do 20 different options. It would be a pretty weird yeah. conversation format. Um, I think Col- some people actually did do that, though. Yeah, I mean, it's... This it's- is the thing. The Raptors media space is, like, it is, it is incredibly deep. If you really wanted to have that conversation, yeah. I'm sure those were those were had publicly. But yeah, your thoughts are Christian Coloco on the 33rd pick. We've already talked about it in depth the last two episodes on the show, essentially. But listen, you know this is a daily show, so Blake, go ahead. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of my favorite picks in that range. Um, you know, I I didn't go full disclosure because of my role on the morning show this year, and then my transition to doing Jay's Talk Plus. Mm. Now, I this is probably the least deep I went on a draft since 2000. 
18. Um, so like 2014, 2015, I was the, the draft lead at the score. 2016 was my first year freelance, and the Raptors had 9 and 27, yep. and I lived around the corner from the OVO Center. And then they they only had OG and Dewan Hernandez as picks over the next three years. Right. And they were a competitive playoff team, so you, know, you kind of scale back a little bit. And then the last two years, the picks were important, and we had all the time in the world because of the pandemic. Yep. So I was like really, really deep on guys. So all that's just to say – I am not the number one voice you should be listening to on Coloco. He's a guy I watched. You know, I tried to watch a lot of Arizona this year um, because of Ben Matherin, and, mm-hmm. and they were a team that I liked in the tournament. So I did get to see him a little bit. I thought he made sense as a Raptors he picked, not because of the Cameroon connection or anything or GOA or anything like that, but because he's an older prospect who hasn't been playing quite as long, and the Raptors have interpreted that as this guy has developmental runway still. Mm-hmm. It's part yeah. of what they liked about Pascal. Yes, he's older for the class, but he hasn't played a ton yet. And that was something that they thought with a DeLon Wright, who two of he was a senior, but two of his years were junior college. Or Norm, who was a senior, and two of his years were barely playing at UCLA. Mm-hmm. It's not just about age in terms of development. It's how much... Coaching have you gotten? How much coaching at a high level have you gotten? Now, Coloco played at a Lee Prep school in three years at Arizona. Yeah. So he's not quite the degree that we're talking about with, with someone like Siakam maybe. Um, but you would think a, a guy who got a late start to basketball coming from another sport, um, you know, I would say four years he's been playing at a, you know, on the same track as as American prospects might be. Like that, that – one high-end year of prep school and then, mm-hmm. and then yep. three in college. Yep. He didn't really play a lot as a f- freshman, but still, you get the coaching and the, the experience and stuff. There's also the COVID shutdown in the middle of that. Yeah. Which affected I mean, I everyone. Affected everyone, but yeah. especially for a younger player who was newer to the game mm-hmm. at that point relative to some of his peers. Yeah. So uh, the developmental runway is one thing that, that stood out to me. Um, another thing the Raptors have kind of tried to do in that range, and Delano Banton is a good example, a guy who, with developmental time, might have some upside to unlock, mm-hmm. but could, in a pinch, give you minutes right now. And I think Christian Coloco is far enough along defensively that if you leave him in a drop scheme, he could give you backup center minutes right now. Um, not at, like, an elite. It's not fair to expect any rookie center to, sure. to be an elite defender, but he's got terrific length. He's got good timing around the rim. Um, he has a big motor. And then the thing that is honestly most... Most Raptors-y about him, I think, is you watch some of the the synergy tape or whatever, and you got to make it's tough because how how much time do you have a, and things like that, and you don't. It's hard to find them unless you're just going through a lot of clips, yep. because you can't just search like block attempts, right? And he does a lot of the Chris Boucher wild closeout, okay, and then scramble back. Um, which they'll be fine with. Like, they're going to let him... Oh, yeah. They're going to give him the say. freedom to be aggressive uh, and try those things. It's just you got to get back and uh, and recover. Um, yeah. I also think he just... Not that... I, at the 33 pick, I'm never going to advocate find a guy who fits a role right now. Like, it's... Rosters change too, yeah, too course, much. Course, and But he does have, in addition to that, he'll be their most natural option, I think, to play a drop coverage at center. Yeah. Uh, he's also going to immediately be their best rim runner, like their best vertical threat in pick and roll. Okay. Um, I don't know how much they'll use him for that, 
but they don't have that guy. Precious was starting to become that a little bit. Um, Precious got to work on a screen setting. I think Coloco will probably have to do that too, you know, add the strength yeah. through the lower half and stuff. But that's a, an offensive skill they don't have in abundance. So um, long way to go in terms of things like putting the ball on the floor. He's not a, he's not a bad passer, but he's pretty turnover prone if he yeah. has to. Um, you it's know, like do, a one-to-one assist to turnover. Yeah, and if, you, if he's not going, like if he's in the dunker spot and someone dumps it off to him, elite finisher if he gets the ball in the post and has to dribble or, or do a counter move or something like that yeah that you're leaning tough. more turnover yep. and that's fine he's a young center that's mm-hmm. that's yeah. what you'd expect so um that's how i feel about it i think it, it very much makes sense with what the raptors do well with prospects and i'm not worried i know some people were like well you need guard depth you need it's a 33 pick you're not getting anyone who immediately like short of the desmond bain here it's like no one is really stepping in immediately Mm-hmm. Unless yeah. it's a huge surprise, the Desmond Bain year. Yeah, still yeah. want him. That's tough. That's tough. That you, one think, is tough. you think they'd flip Desmond Bain for Malachi Flynn if if the Raptors want to redo that? Oh man, why did they not take him? Is it only because they had a six six wingspan? Is that it? They looked at a guy who is six foot. They were like, like he looks like our logo with the tiny little <laughs> arms. They're like, yeah, no, this he actually has T Rex arms. We yeah. can't take him. And, I'm not sure. That, uh, they liked they liked Malachi Flynn. I guess, I guess so. Some was, people still like him. Some people still like him. Some people say that uh, Christian Coloco being a rim runner, as you mentioned, who can, you know, provide that vertical spacing and that threat of a lob maybe helps, you know, pick and roll guards. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think Malachi's still got to work on other aspects. And also, by the way, the Raptors really did, like, shift a lot of the way they want to play basketball mm-hmm. this past year. So, and it, it kind of shifted away from his style. I, anyway. I just think yeah. the thing with that is like, it's not necessarily like if they were going to redo how the second unit looks based around Malachi Flynn's pick and roll play, they would have done it by now. Yeah. But what I think is important to keep in mind is that when they talk so much about versatility, it's not just about every guy on the team can defend multiple positions. Diversity of skill is, is a thing as well. Sure. Yeah. And if you get an opponent where they have trouble defending a vertical threat like that, and the Raptors were one of those teams that had trouble. Deve- like Robert Williams looked like an MVP against the Raptors a lot of the time. Yeah, fair enough. Some teams aren't going to have the defense for that, and it's maybe there. And I'm not talking 20 points as a starter, but you can get – I mean, shoot, Bebe's in the CEBL now. Yep. He – uh he feasted off those, those lobs when he was willing to dunk it instead of kicking it out to the corner while he's in Ollie Hoop. Yeah. I, no, listen, I, I was always a big fan of Bebe. Happy for Bebe. Yeah. Um, you know, I know he's gone through some stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm especially happy for him just on that level. Um, but, you know, look, listen, uh, it, talking about Bebe, I feel like Bebe was like the original version of what the Raptors have eventually turned into Chris Boucher. And Chris Boucher, by the way, is way better than Bebe. Yes. Right? It's, it's not close. But what I'm trying to say is that Energy Big was third string center for a while, had really good numbers on like a per minute basis, but wasn't playing a lot. Had some, you know, um, I think probably just like flaws and inexperience and all that kind of stuff. But I think Chris is like taking it to a whole nother level. And we've already had a conversation about whether the Raptors want to bring him back. I think it's very clear. Yeah. We probably even guessed that there's some pretty strong mutual interest, I would say. Um, however, I don't I don't think Chris Boucher is like the hidden secret anymore. Maybe it was like a couple years ago, maybe. Um, but just in the last like week alone, we've seen John Hollinger put out a, a, a free agent ranking. I think he had Chris as the eighth best free agent on the market. Yeah, number two center. Number two center. He valued it at $19.8 million, so $20 million, which, I mean, look, listen, that's not going to happen. Um 
I mean, and un- unless is, John Hollinger gets back into yeah, the league. And if it, if it is, Chris Boucher is no longer a Toronto Raptor. Yes, absolutely. If it even is close to $20 million, he's no longer. But um, then you had Zach Cram at the Ringer uh, also wrote a whole entire story, actually, just about Chris. Uh, the story's name was the most interesting free agent on the NBA's free agent market. Um, and, you know, the whole story is about Chris. And he mentions how he has a really high block rate, has a really high offensive rebounding rate, has a uh, honestly not a guy who's a prolific three-point shooter, as we know, but... For guys who have a high block rate and a high offensive rebounding rate, there are very few players who also then take threes. Yeah, and well, if you're offensive rebounding, you're closer to the rim, right? So Yeah, so... Um, I just... I understand that, and I do think that that's a good way to filter for sort of, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, three and rim protection guys, but we're at a pretty large sample of Chris Boucher not being a good three-point shooter. All right, bro. Just make sure you said that. All right, I, listen. Look, he had a really good 2020-2021. Chris is a dedicated listener to the show, so but I, and, you know look, that's it's Blake just, Murphy. If you were that. if you were putting him in to if you were expecting that from him as like a regular skill rather than just a show me thing or an occasional thing, like he shot thirty three point five percent. Yeah, no, that's fair. And no, I, and he I'm didn't just, like I think he shot sub thirty in the G League. Well, I mean. I'm just saying the the Nets are the, the same. I, the I, approach was shoot first, second, and third in right. the G League. Yeah, and I think everyone knows over the years I've been very fond of Chris and, and thought he was going to become a, a good NBA rotation player, which he has. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it just that particular skill. It's like a little. It just hasn't come along yeah, to, yeah, like no, to fair. the yeah. to the degree that you'd expect. And to his credit, he shot less of them this year because mm-hmm. it wasn't dropping yep. as much. Yep, and he talked about it as well. Um, okay, so. It got me to thinking, like, what do you think would be the floor for for Chris's frigid market? Right? Mid-level. So mid-level being, like, $10 million. Yeah, 10, 10 and change. Yeah. Um, now, the, you'll get into what is the – how many years are you going to guarantee? Sure. Yeah. Is, a, is a swing piece there. So that's, a, that's an interesting one because – I don't know. Like he's he's older for a prospect, and this is he's actually another great example of what I was talking about earlier with the guys who are older than their draft age, but right. don't have as much basketball development underneath them. Um, like Chris is twenty nine, and he's had five NBA seasons. But like when you look at his college and his high school and his injuries and stuff, like I'm not saying he's a prospect still, but he's a young twenty nine as far as. Could you get a little more out of this guy? I would also like to think I'm a young 29, by the way. You only 29 still? I'm still only 29, Blake. My baby boy. I know. Um, anyway, so yeah, okay. So the floor, I, I agree with you, is mid-level. Um, the Raptors obviously have the ability to offer more than that, holding his full bird rights. How much more of that do you think the Raptors should comfortably be able to offer without impacting some of the other financial decisions they want to make? So I think they have about... 30 that they can spend and be like comfortably beneath the tax 30 to spend between Chris between Thad and the mid-level yeah yeah and any biannual or anything like that um and it's more than that but generally you would like to leave like if they were like okay this is our roster it's set you could go more than that Mm -hmm. it's just you gotta in a non-contention year or, or even a year you can just you can avoid it. They're going to avoid the luxury tax. And entering the season with a little wiggle room there makes trades a little easier yep. under the tax and stuff like that. So sure. I have $30 million in my head as Boucher, Young, mid-level. If you can get those three things for $30 mil, you're pretty happy with your offseason. Right. Given that 
I know some people will be like, well, they didn't get a star or whatever. There's no path to maximum cap space for the Raptors. There's no path to yeah. getting in the mix for an Aiton or a Miles Bridges without a sign and trade. So 30 million, Boucher, Thad, mid-level. I would think that this is the hardest part of this for me is purely like if you're treating this coldly as like, we got to maximize every dollar. We don't care about the personal relationships. We don't care about the rest of the market moving on while we wait. Mm. The move would be to wait and see if someone offers Chris Boucher the mid-level. Yeah. Because most teams can't go over that. Yeah. And then if you got to go 12, 12, 5, mm-hmm. because he's a little upset that, you know, you made him wait it out or whatever. Like, like I'd be comfortable if, if the term is short. 12 million for Chris Boucher doesn't seem crazy to me. No, not at all. That's like, like that's like average player money nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. So like two years, 25 mil or something like that. It's when you get into the four year mid-level territory that right, I'd right. be like, I, I know less that's about tough, that. Yeah. Like you're paying him into 33. And but, he's, I mean, for, for his perspective though, as you mentioned that that's where the age thing, like if you're 29, right. And you sign a two year deal, there's a very, very good chance you're going to sign for another, especially if he keeps his production up mm-hmm. another longer term deal at that point. At 31, whereas if you sign a four-year deal, you get to like 33. I I feel like that's starting to be the point where players start to fall off a little bit, Mm -hmm. especially for guys like Chris who need to be, you know, as active, as athletic. And there aren't a lot of guys like him to see like, oh, what's the precedent for this player type to like in terms of how they age? Yeah, (laughs) there really isn't anyone like Chris. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, that's at like if I'm his agent, that's at the same time a really good thing and a really bad thing. Yeah, because it's like. Well, no one does what he does like he does it. And that's great. That makes him valuable. And then if you're the team side, you're like, yeah, but how do we know if this still works at 33? If he slows down, like if Chris Boucher slows down like 15%. No, that's a real issue, man. Yeah. Like a lot of it is like uh, standing in the corner and crashing in the weak side, uh, uh, you know, for the uh, crashing the glass. Um you know, you're obviously going to need your peak athleticism to be able to do that successfully at a high level. A lot of his production is catching lobs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which you obviously need to do at a high level. A lot of it is running the fast break. Like, how many times a season do we see Scotty Barnes throw a no <laughs> or no look slash look away pass to Chris Boucher in transition? Like, yeah. that was like a go-to play. It requires your big to be able to get down the floor that quickly. And also, on the other end, defensively, it's like contesting shots, flying around, closing out on threes, all that stuff. It's like you need your peak athleticism to do that, right? So, I mean, I don't know. So I, I'm comfortable with something like 225. That's good with me. If you I'm go beyond, beyond two years, that's when we start to get into, I think you would like partial guarantees or a team okay. option somewhere or something like that, just to kind of protect your downside. Fair enough. Fair enough. What was like three in the third year's partial guaranteed or player option? You go with that? Not player option. Oh, sorry, team option, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Raptors got to get away from all these player options. Yeah, you're right. Svee? <laughs> Yo, come on. Be happy for Speed, man. Congrats. I, Speed's back on the team. Yeah, guys. great two, that two he... Two million guaranteed this year. Good for him. Yep. All the, right. I don't know. I'm very pro-player <laughs> in negotiations. Speed Mahaluk and Stanley Johnson having player options. We, we've gone too far. All right. No, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, the other free agent that's of major interest is, is Thad Young, who the Raptors acquired mm-hmm. last year. At the trade deadline, swapping out Goran Dragic, the trader, uh, into Thad Young, plus a downgrade in picks, which honestly turned out pretty well because Coloco, I thought, you, I would have been pretty happy if the Raptors took Coloco 20th, for example. Yeah, I'd have yeah. to go back and look at who kind of went in that range. The other thing, too, is like we we can't 
you can't discount the fact that say there was someone in the top 20 they really liked, it's yeah. a lot easier to get up. Like say they were enamored with AJ Griffin mm -hmm. or yeah. Tari Eason or something like that. Those guys went outside the lottery. It's a lot harder to get there with 33 than it is with 20. Okay, no, fair enough, fair enough. So, but, but yeah, there's not, like I'm not really melting down that they didn't get Walker Kessler. Uh, you know, a lot of people were melting down when the first round pick was yeah. moved. I mean, look, listen, it well, wasn't like a home run deal in terms no. of like value. But at the same time, I think a lot of it probably depends on whether or not you're able to retain yeah. that. The other thing, too, is like because they traded the pick to San Antonio, like Malachi Branham is going to be good because he's a Spurs prospect now. So it'll look. Yeah. But like it's one of those things where like, OK, does prospect X look better? Like does Scotty look as good as Scotty looked if he goes to the Magic? Does Jalen Suggs look better if he goes to the Raptors? Does yeah, that 4-5 sure. yeah. decision look different? That's fair. Um, but I would say, like, the only guy that went in between those picks that I'm like, I would really have, liked the opportunity to take at 20 is Blake Wesley. Okay. I think he slid too far at 25. Another guy who went to the Spurs. Yep. Uh, yeah, I just I want all the Spurs picks back. Um, I mean, maybe Andrew Nembhardt, but mm -hmm. it's great for him that he got to a place that he's going to play minutes and play with a bunch of other Canadians, so. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. That's really uh, Team Canada part two over there. Um, okay, so with Thad Young, though, this mm -hmm. is part of the evaluation of deals, whether or not you're able to retain him at a decent number. To me, I think the floor for him is probably the taxpayer mid-level. Yeah. Which is about six. Yeah. Because um, I could see, like, for example, like, I just kind of want to go through this real quick exercise with you of these contenders who could use that in a rotation like i'm talking about in a playoff series he could be one of their top eight players okay could this could this could he be uh in the rotation for the suns yeah mavericks yeah clippers nope that's a little harder they have a lot of depth celtics yeah. um yes but they've got some decisions to make that maybe no Okay. Like, it's it's a bit of a weird fit to keep him and grant williams both in the mix yes and i think all things are you take grant yeah uh, miami yeah, they, they ran out of guys <laughs> quick in the playoffs there, yeah. <laughs> they got to get someone who can play at both ends of the floor. Although once they Ooh. get KD, who knows? Oh, God. Yeah, I really wouldn't put it past Pat Riley, a.k.a. Luca Cengretti. Um, sorry, I've been I've been watching a lot of Peaky Blinders. Uh, okay, uh, the 76ers? Yeah. Uh, the Bucks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they right? ran out of guys in the playoffs too. I mean, maybe a little less so if Middleton's healthy, but sure, you but... can't do the, the Pat Connaughton thing at, at scale in the playoffs. Yeah, and then the Warriors. Yes, but maybe not next year. Yeah, if, if you get anything, any growth-wise out of Moody and Kaminga. Well, you're already looking at five teams in just that list alone mm -hmm. of playoff contenders who could probably use them. And obviously right. we know that. But there are other guys you could use the taxpayer mid-level on too. Yeah, which by the way, we're going to have this conversation in the second half because we're going to take a break after this. But um, a lot of the mid-level targets, not that sexy. This is, this is, I, I, at least to me, like when I was thinking about this, because obviously the other portion, as you mentioned, Raptors of 30 million, you split it between Chris, that, and the mid-level. I'm like, I don't even know, man. A lot of these guys, I'm like, I, I guess it's cool if they use a the whole mid-level on them, but, you know, these guys aren't like knock your socks off kind of pl uh, players. But yeah, just thinking about that, though, real quick. Four is probably six million. Raptors, again, you could take the same approach with Chris. You offer him slightly more, and then you have him sort of more comfortably. Uh, I think, you know, he obviously... I don't actually. I don't know. Do you think he there is a mutual interest, or do you think he's like sold on this whole situation? Yeah, like, I, I think there's there a mutual interest. interest. I don't. I don't think it's a lock. Yeah, of but course. like the Raptors got him because they've liked him forever, mm -hmm. and they like they came out and said getting his bird rights is a part of this deal. 
the hard part isn't do you like that and is he worth six million? It's are you playing five power forwards full time next year? The answer is yes. Yeah, it was already hard to find Thad minutes when everyone was healthy this past year. Yeah, and those guys are gonna want like you're gonna want to play like Thad at three. I'm, I like Thad wherever. Mm. No, because like you know Thad, Chris Boucher, and then Precious Achua mm-hmm. was like a very very prominently used bench combination, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. Maybe Precious makes his way in the starting five. I think he's fairly close, honestly. But um, yeah, like it's just a uh, it's. The Raptors are the weirdest, the weird enough of a team to actually do that and commit to it again. Yeah. With two free agents who are essentially competing for the same spots. Yep. Yeah. And I, I just think that there's a, there's definitely a walkaway point where like, like we didn't even mention Kim Birch too, right? And that's, you're not, you don't need to chase a sunk cost or anything like that if you don't think Kim's going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is another guy that if you lost that, say you'd be like, well, you could rely on that. And yeah, and, sure. Um, I'm not you. saying that I'm not at advocating for that um we got to see Kem back on the floor and healthy and, and see yeah. how that knee surgery uh helped him fix things up but it's a lot of like if you imagine the roster as a scale like all the money is already tilted this way away to the kind of four or five positions and mm-hmm. it's just fred up here dangling um oh that's gary up there and then like you're gonna put Thad and Boucher even more, and you had Coloco. I'm not saying you need three guys at each position on the depth chart, but, like, absolutely with the mid-level. I know we're going to talk mid-level after the break. Like, look at what we just went through. Mm-hmm. Mid-level's got to be looking at, if if it's not, if there isn't, like, an obvious, this guy became undervalued, let's try to rehab it thing, it's got to be perimeter help. Okay. I agree with you. However, Especially if you retain Boucher and Thad. Yes. However, as we will go through this exercise after this break, not that much, like, uh, premium guard or perimeter help. There was not premium anything. In the mid-level? Yeah, no, it's tough. Mid-level was really like shopping on winners. Like, sometimes you'll find a deal, and there's a, there's a good chance you'll find a deal. But, you know, you might also walk out with the full winner's outfit. Anyway, we're going to take a break right here. I'm your host, William Lou. You've been listening to The Raptors Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Great daily gambling advice from J.D., Blake, and Ailish in the Fan Morning Show's Wake and Rake. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590. The fan, I'm your host, Wim Lou. Continue to be joined by Sportsnet's Blake Murphy. As we uh, discussed prior to the break, uh, we are going to look at mid-level exception targets for the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors have, if they choose to use the full mid-level, um, just over $10 million, uh, to offer to a free agent. Now, before we actually have this conversation, I wanted to just look at the roster as a whole. So right now there are nine guaranteed contracts. Uh, on the books for next season. Pascal Siakam, Fred VanVleet, Gary Trent Jr., OJ Anobi, Scotty Barnes, Precious Achua, Ken Birch, Svima Halek, and Malachi Flynn. Most likely, Delano Banton, uh, who is signed to a partially guaranteed contract, will remain on the roster next year. So I'm just going to count them. That's 10. Christian Coloco, when he signs his contract, will be 11. Then, of course, if the Raptors do successfully re-sign Chris Boucher and Thad Young, which they do intend to do, that will bring them up to 13 players. You have one restricted free agent in um, Justin Champagny, who I think the Raptors should be re-signing. I think he's worth uh, taking more time to look at with him with, and just, I like the guy. And then you also have uh, one two-way spot accounted for with Ron Harper Jr. 
which leaves you with one roster spot and then one two-way spot. Now, of course, that roster spot could very easily just be the mid-level exception player, and the Raptors have the financial flexibility to do so. But the reason I did this exercise is, like, the roster is actually, like, pretty set. It is. Yeah. And I think if you're using the mid-level, it's, you know, first of all, it's probably leaning toward perimeter-oriented guys just for a little, again, versatility of lineup, um, depth behind Fred Van Vliet, maybe. But, yeah, I don't think – and I think the other thing to consider, and and you're certainly not signing someone with this in mind, but look at all the trade scenarios people kick around. Mm -hmm. Having salaries in that tier is helpful. Oh, yeah, that's – So it's it's almost like – Obviously, it costs $10 million to do that. That's a real thing. Um, but it is a bit of a lost opportunity um, it, to not have anything in that space yeah. and then have a scenario again where, you know, you could trade Gary Trent or you can't trade anyone. It's like that one year where every trade option at the deadline had to be Patrick Patterson and picks because he was mm. the only guy that didn't make the max or the minimum Basically, is all is stars and scrubs style. Um, so the original I, Grant Williams. No. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do think uh, I do think you lean toward trying to use it. Uh, you just like you're not feeling a crazy pressure about it. If you end up cho- chopping off a chunk of it to, um, so for anyone who doesn't know, Christian Coloco as a second round pick can sign kind of whatever deal, but it's capped at two years unless they use part of an exception to give him a third year or a fourth year. Um, it's the same with, with anyone. You you if you want to go over two years at the minimum, mm-hmm. you need to use an exception. If you want to go over the minimum, you got to use an exception. So um, that's something to keep in mind as well. The Raptors have chopped it up between guys in the past. I don't think they're going to do that this year necessarily. Like I could see them taking off a piece for Coloco, but in general, you're not going to chop up the mid level around a couple players if. 14 roster spots are already spoken for. And, and you have to figure, like, at the very back end of that roster, like, we're, we're headed for four guys on Exhibit 10s in camp, and oh, the yeah. winner gets the two-way spot kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds that sounds likely. Yeah. And it could be someone on the roster. It could be Armani Brooks, for example, you know. Um, could be Armani Brooks. Could be yeah. David Johnson. Could be uh, some of the undrafted guys that will end up at Summer League with them. Yeah. There you go. We'll have time to talk about that. That's that's more nerdy stuff, but the meaty <laughs> stuff right now. Mid-level exception targets. Blake, I asked you to prepare three. I prepared a few more as well, just in case we perfectly overlap. But uh, yeah, let me, give me your first mid-level target. Well, they're all power forwards, so I'm going to pivot away from all, that. All you said was you needed more guards on the team. I know, but the only guys I like are power forwards. I'm yeah, I'm completely you. Raptors pilled now. Where if yep. you're not six foot nine, I don't. <laughs> I don't want it. No. Um, so one of the first things, like in a vacuum, if I were any team, one of the names that I would take a bounce back flyer on, assuming the medicals are okay, is TJ Warren. Yep. Um, but for the Raptors, in a similar way, um, similar situation, I kind of wonder if Ricky Rubio would be gettable on the mid-level. Okay. I mean, I, I, why, why, why wouldn't he be gettable on the mid-level? Well, because he was making more than that before and he was very he was very important to that Cleveland team he before was very he went down. important but like um and I know he tore his ACL in December he'll be back at some point this year you could probably go less than the mid-level and get him still like you might That's be able to I'm you saying. might be yeah. able to buy annual him on a rehab deal um but among the if you're worried about point guard depth and I know he doesn't resolve that immediately if he's not healthy right away it's uh it's real slim pickings it's super slim it's super slim I did not expect you to go the Ricky Rubio option 
Um, you need another point guard somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't, no, I hear you. I hear you. Like, I He's don't got think good size can, and length. Obviously, a really good passer. Yeah, and good defender. Yep, who, yeah. We'll see how the ACL holds up like, like in terms of his lateral quickness and stuff. Um, smart guy, well-liked guy. Mm. I also... There just aren't a lot of point guards, and I don't want to belabor the point because, no, traditional positions don't matter that much, and the Raptors are obviously committed to playing different lineups and stuff like that. But Fred VanVleet hasn't stayed healthy through a whole season, was leading the league in minutes on and off last year. Like, you just, you need someone else that can handle the ball there, and I don't think DeLon Wright is coming back through the door given how he left. Yeah, fair enough. And I don't think Tyus Jones is going to be in reach with the mid-level. He's a little too good. He so, should get paid more than mid-level. So then His you're getting a better deal. Yeah. Then you're getting down into like Raul Nito territory. Well, I mean Gary Harris? He's not a point guard though, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess the argument is okay, so your your backup point guard could just be Scotty. Like Scotty can just run a lot of the plays for yeah. you. You have Thad who can like not be a point guard, but you know, at least you can give him the ball, make some good passes, especially if Chris Boucher is cutting at some point, right? Mm-hmm. You bring those guys back. Maybe you get them both in a room, and you're like, listen, we want both of you guys back. You guys can split this $20 million between you guys. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, you have other – Pascal, obviously, you know, like, you have other point guard options. And we also saw at the end of the season where Fred was out. Like, not that those games were, like, great to watch because a lot of the times the Raptors would be like, oh, Raptors have six threes made through three quarters, you know? But, like – they were able to succeed at least in spots without Fred or without any traditional point guard. Now, having said that, though, I think you still need to add more shooting in general. Mm-hmm. So maybe that like, shooting is probably the more pressing yeah, and then, for And me. then Rubio's not the not the play then. Well, let me throw another point guard okay. name at you. Go ahead. Go that ahead, is, go ahead. Um, this wouldn't be for the mid-level. This would be a much lower tier. That's fine with me, yeah. But Javon Carter is basically like a knockoff brand Fred Van Vliet. Undersized. How knockoff are we talking about? Pretty man? knockoff. I'm talking this about. We're talking like about. The, this is the most knockoff. We're talking about below the mid-level exception. But he's a good okay. off-ball shooter. He's a good off-ball mover. He can okay. defend pretty well for an undersized guy. Like he's. Yeah, that's true. He's scrappy. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know a, a guy who can be a like. He's never going to lead a unit, but if, the way you just laid it out is mm. you would want your emergency guard to be a guy who's comfortable just spotting up. Okay. Okay. So, that's not part of the mid-level discussion, but I do think, like, like the point guard list goes from oh, guys it, you probably can't afford with the mid-level and immediately to guys at the minimum or, or shade above the minimum. Yeah. Gets I, ugly quick. I feel like Javon is, like, shade above the minimum. He is. He's I'll, in a yeah, maybe I, I like biannual like, tier or something like that. Him, but, and he's going to land on a good team because he's the type of guy who he's useless to a bad team. Sure, fair enough. Um what about shooters who are come very cheap because they play very limited defense, like a Brent Forbes? Sve? Oh, oh, I, I said shooters. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brent Forbes. No, I mean, come on, yeah, man. Nick's not playing Brent Forbes. Yeah, I mean, he's shot forty-one percent on over four threes a game for his career. He, I, I, yeah, I know that's why he's in the NBA. He, but he like, has no other skills. But. None. I, no, again, no offense. I, I doubt he's listening. Well, we're gonna get the Javon Carter. Bryn Forbes yeah. heat after this one. But I mean, no, is Bryn Forbes though. one of your picks? Or no, are you just throwing no, it I'm out just there? Throwing okay. that out there. Yeah. Like, yeah, I Bryn Forbes at the minimum to try to like see if you can do a better SV. Mm-hmm. Sure. But who you got for mid-level? 
Yeah, fair enough. Okay, who's your third target? Because I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh, that, I've only given you one. Oh, okay. I thought those. It was were, Rubio. No, was we Rubio. just talked Rubio. around the point okay. guards and yeah, 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 talked okay. about how bad they all are. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Listen, last time we had a Forbes on the roster, it led to the greatest Raptor of all time. Gary, yes, Gary Kyle Forbes. Lowry, yeah. Okay, yeah. Anyway, I got you. Yeah. All right. Next. Next. Give me another name. Give me another name. We're just brainstorming here. We're just brainstorming. Okay. Like very early, even though the, the, the free agency starts on Thursday. This is. This is one that I don't think he gets the full mid-level. Mm. I think he could get in like the 7 million range. I love when you open with, I don't think this guy's going to get the full mid-level because he's probably not that good if right. you say that. But go ahead. Cody Martin from Charlotte. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. okay with that. You know, He's pretty typical 3 and D guy. Like what mm -hmm. did he shoot? 38% last year. Not a, ton, not a ton of volume, but that was more about how Charlotte played and stuff like that. He's pretty good defensively. He's awesome as a transition guy. So he kind of fits what the Raptors do. like. Yep. If, in terms of guys who would make sense on a Raptors second unit, a guy who can defend, knock down the odd three, and runs like hell in transition makes sense to me. Again, he's maybe like yep. a six, seven million a year guy, but that, that's fine with me. As though. far as guards, like off guards, two, three kind of guys, he's a him or his brother. I don't know. Well, his brother's got to apologize to Scotty first yeah. and the Raptor fan base because uh, yeah. that, that foul in transition was was not ideal. No. Okay, so we are saying yes. I, by we, I mean I. I I'm just I'm just here to to, to, to say yes or no, apparently. Um, okay, so yeah, I'm saying yes to Cody Martin at less than the mid-level. Mm -hmm. I, I like him. I, I think he fits age-wise. All the things that you described there work for me. I'm saying no to Ricky Rubio uh, okay. because we have enough guys who shoot 33% from three. Uh, is there a third and, option? And injured. <laughs> yeah, that too, yeah. But, um, yeah, well, who's your third option there? That's a tough one. Um, like, I, I'm going to assume we're out of the... I mean, Cody Martin's RFA too, but I kind of don't count Charlotte as RFA because they don't like any of their good players. They Fair let enough, Malik yeah. Bunko for free. You could get P.J. Washington hey, for, like, nothing right by, now by probably. Way, what, what happened with their coaching thing? So they took forever to figure out who they're going to hire as coach. Ultimately decide, we're going to go with Kenny Atkinson. It's like, uh, okay, fine, 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 yeah. Then the Warriors are like, mm, nah, we need we need him. So he's like, yeah, I'm not coming. And then ultimately they go back to Steve Clifford. Like, my God. Come on, man. After two months, you've gone back to your ex? Actually, you know what? That That is, I maybe I am sympathetic to some degree, but <laughs> not that I phrased it like that, but still, that's uh, tough. Yeah. I mean, okay, for another one, he's like, I hate this one because he's a guy I wanted as like, I didn't think you'd get him for the minimum last year, but he was one of my mid-level targets last yes, year. Yes. And the idea was buy him low. And there were a lot of component skills pointing toward this guy's ready to break out. This guy's better ready to pay, play a bigger role. And now you got to pay him mm -hmm. for that breakout. But Malik Monk still fits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing is like, I feel like, absolutely by the way this is absolutely yes for me he averaged 14 points per game last year shot 47 percent from the field 40 percent from three shot uh, six threes a game and he still shot 40 percent from three now it doesn't do much of much else really not a, not a defender um i guess a slight playmaker but really he's a playmaker in the sense that he can score so people maybe double him sometimes and he can mm -hmm. swing the ball but like Yes, absolutely. The only thing is, like, I feel like so many teams want him, and also Malik Monk himself has said that he really wants to take a discount to rejoin the Lakers. He just loves being a Laker. You know, there's some guys who are like that. I guess. You know, don't don't guys take discounts to, like, go to the Yankees or something? or No, the Real Yankees Madrid are the team or, with uh, you know. infinite money. Yeah, fair enough. I guess this doesn't really fully apply in baseball. Yeah. But, okay, the other so, thing, too, is, uh, I don't know, Malik Monk's not clutch, so I was I was thinking maybe there's a... oh. Here's some something under the table yeah, kind the, of thing. But. The Raptors are low-key becoming a, 
a heavy clutch client. Trent OG and Coloco? Is that yeah. it? And Nick. Ooh. Still, this is not about Nick Nurse. Yeah, this yeah, is just ahead. about the industry in general. Yeah. Agencies being able to represent GMs, coaches, and players. Yeah. Is, like, it's rife with conflicts of interest. Yeah, of course. Of course. Although, if it was a rule against it, Clutch would just, like, spin off a, a second thing. And it would all it would still work the same. It would mm. just be under another name, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Crunch time. Yeah, or or coach with a K. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so yeah. Okay, so who are yours? Okay, so here, here's some of mine. Um, these two, I'm going to group under the idea that um, the Clippers have taken enough players from the Raptors. It's time to fire back. All right. So Nick Batum. Okay. Someone who I definitely wanted on the Raptors a while ago. Which, in, in retrospect, but people will remember this. 2016, that was the year that DeMar was up as a free agent. Mm-hmm. And the Raptors could somehow carve out max cast space or something like that. And I think uh, Batum was also a major free agent. Now, of course, DeMar was absolutely the right choice. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, the argument right wasn't just which guy, it was DeMar at the max or Batum around 20 million. Yeah, exactly. No, and, I, and DeMar didn't get the full max, but he effectively he got close enough. Yeah. And, and also, I guess this fits with the theme. Apparently, we're just trying to rebuild the, the, the Charlotte Hornets, but in Toronto, um, maybe we get Steve Clifford next. Look, no, but no, Nick all, Batum, every no. baseball team just keeps taking guys that failed with the Baltimore Orioles and turning them into Cy Young caliber guys. So yeah. there's something to be said for you were in a bad developmental environment mm. i mean batum was a, a vet there so that's that doesn't count but oh he was the bad environment yeah <laughs> developmental environment yeah. maybe uh in any case though yeah so just i think charlotte should just stick away from uh signing french players at a certain point i think they're all for two but yeah nick batum he's 33 this year which is you know older than pretty much everyone on the raptors outside of uh, Thad, if he comes back, uh, he has a 3.3 million player option, and the deadline to pick it up is tomorrow. He so declined it. He already declined it. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So he is a free agent, unrestricted. You know, obviously he's in a phase where he probably wants to contend. The Clippers probably want to retain him, mm-hmm. and honestly, the Clippers have tons of money. You know, so I wouldn't be that surprised if he did return to the Clippers. But the Raptors can offer. I think the full mid level is probably more than what he would get paid by the Clippers, and. Yeah, I yeah. think he fits a lot with what the Raptors need. Shot the three really well, 4.6 three-point attempts per game in 24 minutes per game last season. Shot it efficiently. He's always been a pretty decent three-point shooter, mm-hmm. uh, but also just an all-around player, two-way wing, you know, play makes, probably is comfortable coming off the bench. Like Absolutely be comfortable coming off the bench. He really, I mean, the playmaking element of it, he really fits what they like to do on offense. Yep. Um, and... I mean, he had a throwback year defensively. He wasn't. Yeah, he was good. He wasn't peak Batum, but he was really solid. So the only thing I, with him is like he played defensively more the bigger positions, four yes. and five sometimes. Right, five is but like outrageous. That's one of the benefits of having four or five guys who can guard twos. If you need to do that, you can do that. Okay, interesting. So, um, interesting. I'd be okay with that one. I don't know okay. about full mid level. That's fine, and it's not going to be long term. It'll be like yeah. two years. Yeah, and my my. My only hesitation with this one, and it's not my hesitation, is just the Raptors using that money on a 33-year-old. Mm. I mean, I threw out Rubio, so what do I know? Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair what else enough. you got? Amir Coffey. Not the full med level, because you probably get him a little bit less. Um, 25 years old, came his way up as a uh, two-way player, really developed himself. Obviously, the Clippers have had tons of injuries, especially on the wing. So he's gotten more of a chance to play. He's also a guy who shoots the three well enough. Not nec- not Definitely not... Uh, a good three-point sh- or a great three-point shooter, but capable. I think he shot 38% last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could score a little bit, come off the bench for you. Probably decent defensively. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah? he's okay. fine. He's like, 
again, not nowhere close to the to the full mid level for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would worry just a tiny bit about the sh- a bit about the shooting because he was a really poor shooter in the G League. Yep. Um, and I know it's not like the G League doesn't mean everything, but you get bigger samples because a guy like Amir yes, Coffey can take 10 threes a game down there. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know. You you work him out. You see what he what he does in a with the pill. <laughs> the Nick Nurse pill. Yeah. Um, oh my god! But By yeah, the way, he's he's fine. I mean, yeah. Amir Coffee is like we're bordering into he's just the guy territory. Yeah, yeah. like he's twenty five now um, as well. But yeah, he's like a rotation caliber player. Again, people have to understand when we're talking about shopping in the mid level. Where yeah. the mid level is winners. Like it's a basketball winners, like NBA winners. You yeah. go in there. You know, you could, there's certain items you can get. And other yeah. items you're like, what, what am I doing? And here? there are like 20 teams shopping in that exact yeah, aisle. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're trying to elbow the guy out of the way. Hey, for a pair I, of pants. I, th- I think you're more of a yeah. I think you're more of a 38. Let me get these 36s. <laughs> get out of here. Uh, last one. That last one. You know, honestly, I'm just gonna get a quick yes or no from you, Lonnie Walker. Yeah. RFA? Yeah. 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 He clutch. He's clutch too. Yeah. And not RFA. They're they're not oh. gonna issue him the qualifying. Offer. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh well. Listen. There you go. Because they have a ton of guards that the, the Spurs do. Um, Kyle Anderson, former Spur. Yeah, he's gonna get more in the mid level though. I think. Okay. Delon Wright. We were kind of. I don't think he's earlier. coming back. Bruce Brown. I've seen a, I've seen a lot of people interested in Bruce Brown. The too Raptors much. are trying to build infinite Bruce's Brown. They're like, trying to build big Bruce Brown, not like 6'4 Bruce Brown. Like, okay, yeah. Bruce Brown looks really good right now with the Nets because they have no hustle guys and no wing guys. So it's like I don't think he he's guards up. Fit. No, I don't think so either. I just don't know why people were really into Bruce no. Brown like that. Uh, and the last one, Thomas Bryant. Same yeah, agent I, as Pascal. I'm less eager about a center now that um, Precious has developed the way he has. You have Ken Birch under contract. You've got Coloco. Um, sure, if he comes cheap and it works out, awesome. But... Uh, like, I like him as a player. I just don't know where his minutes come that they're not at the expense of, say, a precious Achua. Fair enough. All right. Well, that wraps it up uh, for us today. I'm your host, Will. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on SportsNet 590 The Fan. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review our show. A reminder, we're streaming live on SportsNet's YouTube channel, airing live on SportsNet 360, Monday to Friday between 2 and 3 p.m. Thanks again to Blake Murphy, uh, board producer Derek Brendale, and Jennifer Rolnick for helping us with the YouTube stream. I'll be back tomorrow.